producergrind.com. We hope the producers get the business. Welcome to the Producer Lifestyle Podcast, Episode 8. I'm your host, CEO Dylan of ProducerGrind.com. Today we're sitting down with industry producer Black Metaphor, the producer of Idols Become Rivals off the new Rick Ross album. You probably know the song better as the Birdman diss. We had a couple good questions for bro, and then we also opened up a live Q&A segment on our Instagram live channel. So shout out to everybody that participated in that. We got more of that on the way. But, man, let's get into it. What up, bro? What's going on, bro? Appreciate it, man. Oh, man, appreciate you for stopping by, bro. I'm glad we could, you know, make this happen. Congrats on the new record, the new placement. You know, the biggest record on the album, as I see it, you know, so. What did you uh, What did you first think, though, when you found out it was a diss track? Man, like, when I first found out it was a diss track, like, I had seen the Double XL article, on, on, you know what I'm saying, on the internet mm. a couple of days before, and I was like, that's interesting. All right, it's probably not going to be a single or nothing diss track. Cool. You know what I'm saying? I ain't think nothing like that about it. Right, right. Yeah, but when this shit came out, when I heard it, I was like, damn, Manny Fresh? Oh my shit. Khaled? Like, you feel me? Like, damn, bro. Then, uh, not too long after that, I ended up, you know, having a conversation with my homie DJ Toon. Mm. He gave me the whole rundown of the whole story, bro. Nobody ever got no hood teacher. It's fucked up. Yeah. So I know you're from Atlanta and you know the beats that you make, you know, sound like you're from, you know, up north. How did you how did you get into making those type of beats being from the south? Well, in high school, before I before I ever started making beats, I had this uncle that went to college out in uh, Missouri and he said he had a roommate from Brooklyn. And this nigga was playing like a different Jay-Z album every day. Mm-hmm. So then when my uncle would come home in the summers, this nigga was bumping like whole beans. Styles, Jada Kiss and shit. Mm. So I'm like, damn, them beats is crazy. Like, I'm from Atlanta. I never heard nothing like that before. Mm. And I was in band, so I could relate to, like, the music. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's how that came about. So they weren't really on that type of music down here back then? Nah, I didn't have no friends that listened to nothing that I listened to. Like, I'm the only person that listened to the music that I listened to, like, my whole life. That's what I gravitated towards. Mm. You know what I'm saying? When I, when I started making beats, by the time I did, like... I was looking up to producers like Just Blaze and Knife Wonder, you know what I'm saying, shit like that. It just felt good to me. Like, I knew that if I was going to make music, that's the type of music I wanted to make. Did I answer the question, though? Yeah, no, nah, I said, you know, what made you start making music? Yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> that's what know. it was. No, nah, I started back in high school. Like, he started bumping that shit, bro. I went and I had every dipset mixtape, like Bird Game Volume 1, mm. all of that shit, all eyes on deep, mm. all of that shit. Like, I was just on the internet. I had it all. I'm like, damn, this shit's crazy. Them beats is crazy. For real though. You know, I know you make those type beats and then you also make, you know, trap beats. What is there is there a difference for you in the creative process when you do it? Yeah, it's definitely different. Yeah, it's something that I still could work on more. Mm. But I, I learned from, you know, other people around me. Like when I first started, I had a couple homies that was doing everybody did trap beats. Mm. Really. I was doing samples. Niggas like, bro, why are you making them mellow ass beats? <laughs> but it's just a different thought process. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, different workflow. But lately, I've been cooking up with my boy Fuse from 808 Mafia. And, like, you know, being around him, I learned a lot. And it's really, it's not that hard. Yeah. You think it's harder to collab on a beat when you're doing it with samples? It depends. Because I don't, I don't really collab with a lot of producers. Mm-hmm. But um, when I do, it be somebody that does samples. It's, it's really the same. Like, it's really not. Like, if it's a sample, I'll probably chop it 
lay the foundation and then, you know, somebody else will do the drums. Like me, Fuse and 30 Rock did a couple joints like that. Like, nigga, just found a sample, chopped it up, played something, and then, you know, just mm -hmm. go in. Mm -hmm. You know, for all the samplers out there tuning in, give us some sauce, you know, when it comes to digging and finding those gems. Man, you just gotta keep digging. I would definitely recommend buying records and a record player. You know what I'm saying? Chop the samples, you don't have to loop them. Even if you end up looping them, a lot of times, like, different parts of the songs be different tempos. Right, I hate so that So if you shit. just chop each beat, like, kick, hi-hat, snare, hi-hat, kick, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you play it, then it's gonna line up. Mm. And if it's space, you can put a little reverb on it. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are there certain genres of music that you tend to go to or, or tend to stay away from? No, not really. No. It, I used to be like that, but then I heard songs from them genres that was crazy too. Like even like the average white band don't make all soul music. I wouldn't have thought that they would have made the uh, Soul Searcher sample that I did on The Richest Gangster. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I probably would have been like all oh, average white band or whatever. Hmm. Who would you say you do more sampling from vinyl or like from the internet these days? Both. Hmm. Well, all right, well, if we were about to go on YouTube right now, if we had to go on YouTube and find a dope sample, what, what would you type in? Well, I'm going to just give y'all the sauce. I'm going to tell you just like I told my other homies. Good, that's what we need. How I started, I went on Google, and I typed in best e-digging sites. And then from there, you know, it's some results that pop up. It's like it's one page with 15 YouTube channels mm. that just be posting samples. It's like thousands of joints. You gotta listen to them. Like if you just click on one, it's gonna be whack, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I had nights, I would like, man, I, I listened to like 200 samples one night. It took like six hours. And how many did you keep out of those? Like 40. Mm, that's pretty good. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say a lower number, honestly. Nah, it was like 40. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do? Do you listen to the whole sample? Do you just listen to the intro? Do you skim through? What do you, what do, you do exactly? It depends. Sometimes I miss shit because I be only trying to hear the intro. Right, I'm right. sure. Oh, next. Yeah. So it just depends. It's better to be patient. But then sometimes, like, you don't really have all day, so you can skim through it and kind of get an idea. But some, like, even on, um, I learned from studying other producers like Kanye on that Down and Out. Like, that's like a little six, seven second break. Like, if you, you could easily skip by that. And it's like 48 seconds into the song, like a minute or something into the song. Mm. You would probably skip to the middle and then skip towards the end. You would have missed all of them. I know, right? It's it's a crazy process because you really got to listen to the whole thing because those old songs, you know, in the middle, all of a sudden, could just turn into a whole totally different feel, totally yeah. different vibe, like something crazy, you know? Yeah. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a question from the Instagram Live folks. Uh, it's kind of a basic question, but someone wants to know, what are some things that kept you going to get where you are in your career? I just like, I like to make beats every day. Like, I want to be better. Like, I'm not cool with being as, like the same as I used to be. You know what I'm saying? I'm not cool with getting worse. Like, I want to get better. Like, I just always wanted to make beats that sounded better than the shit that I like. Mm. You know what I'm saying? As far as instrumentals, like just plays beats, mm. all of those. Mm -hmm. well, uh, what was your first placement? Get Right with Jeezy. How did that happen? Um, well, a couple things happened before that. Like back in May 2012, I got to play beats for Jeezy. He picked like nine beats, but I hadn't did Get Right yet. 
he had picked like beautiful. It was a couple other beats, but um, he told me to come back the next week. And he had beautiful done and it had game on it. Mm. And um, that shit was crazy. So then they was like, game wants some beats for his album. So I sent game some shit. And that's how I got Ali Bumaye. But um, the get right beat I did that night when I got home from that session. Mm. But he didn't end up rapping on it until like two months later. And then it came out first. Mm. Yeah. How long were you making beats before you had got those placements? Five years. Did you ever work a job? I was working at Moe's in college. And then I was cutting hair. Mm. Yeah. All my homies know. <laughs> I got a hella haircut clients, bro. So after you got the placements, did you, you know, stop working and stuff? I mean, I didn't have a job then. Like, mm. so it's a crazy story. That was actually the summer that I decided to not go home to Atlanta mm. from college. And I stayed in Murfreesboro. So it was me, my homie uh, Isaiah Rashad, that's signed to TDE now. Mm. My homie D Sanders, that's with TDE. My boy Cliff, my nigga Ricky Blue. Like, it was all of us. We was all like, Everybody from the house, my nigga Tut, you know what I'm saying? But um, we was just making music every day, eating noodles. <laughs> I was selling beats online for like $100. And like, from that, you know, from that whole creative vibe, like you in a college town, it's nothing to do, it's nobody there. Just a bunch of niggas that like to make music, it's dope. So that's all we did. And like, that's when Isaiah got signed that summer. You know what I'm saying? That's when I got my first placements that summer, and, you know? It just kind of went from there. That's what's up, that's what's up. What are some of your favorite tempos to use? Around like, between 130 and 150. It'd be weird, a lot of beats end up like at 133, then a lot of them be just at 150. Like, if it be any of those other ones, sometimes it don't feel right. Even the higher ones, like, you know, 160s and stuff like that? Well, yeah, I do like 160. I used to I used to do regular tempo, so it'd be like 80, 84. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. It really don't matter. It's just better when you play like ARPS. That's the only reason I started doing double time. Mm. When you play like ARPS and shit, it just sounds better. I feel you, I feel you. We'll take another question from the live audience. For a producer that's unknown, how would you go about getting beats to major artists? Try to find like their managers or like just somebody working in their offices. That's what we have started doing. That's something like trying to email like Meek booking agent and all type of you shit. Do you really recommend that though? Because like I always felt like it's a lost cause to send those kind of emails because I always feel like there's a million other producers that are never going to open your email. Yeah, you just got to send that shit, bro. But make sure your beats is fired though. Yeah, like yeah. that's really what you got to focus on before you ever even try to send a beat to somebody. Like if you know your beat not mixed, like it ain't even no point in sending it. Mm -hmm. Like get better. Because you know I mean? mm -hmm. if they hear it and it's dope, then they not going to say no. Right. Like, you just got that's always been my thing. Like, I want to make beats that somebody can't say no to. All right, I feel you. Oh, now, okay, so another Instagram live question. They said, are there any special mixing secrets that you have when mixing sample beats? Uh, <laughs> yeah, a couple. Couple. <laughs> we don't like Next question. <laughs> well, hey, I, I, I'll tell you one thing. Everybody should learn how to side chain. Side chain compression? Yeah. See, now I get lazy when it comes to that because, you know, you got to go and map it out and everything. Nah, I got to, it saved on my, it saved on my template. Like, every time I make a beat up, my side chain stuff already set up. Mm, templates, templates, templates. Yep, yep. You can get creative with it. Like, if you got, like, a vocal sample on top of a regular sample, you could, like, side chain the main part. 
So the vocal shit ain't gotta be so loud. Like you could do all type of shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another Instagram live question right here. Do you prefer working alone or with a collaborator? I like doing it by myself unless it's people that make music. But like, even if I'm around a bunch of people, a lot of time, I spend a lot of time with my headphones. Like a lot of people say that about me. They'd be like, yo, this nigga black will be in the room. And then you turn around, this nigga just got his headphones on in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what headphones you recommend? A lot of people probably gonna hate me for saying this, but uh, I like the Beats Pros. Not the studios, the pros. I don't know nobody. Everybody be like, yo, they got too much bass. They sound terrible. And everybody who say that, they say they never heard the pros before. Mm. I'm like, they, you know what I'm saying? They a whole different headphones. Mm. They designed for professional use. Like, I ain't gonna say they just the best, like as far as stereo imaging or like, you know, stuff like that. But overall headphone, like as far as the overall mix when you make a beat, definitely those the metal ones. Mm. Someone said, why did you switch from MPC to Ableton? Cause it's the layout, pretty much. And then when I got the push. I realized, like, I always used to be like, man, I don't want a beat machine that got all of them pads on it, mm. right? But then I was like, when I got it, and I, I looked up some YouTube videos, and I seen people playing on it, and I'm like, wow, like, it's 64 pads. Like, you could play everything. Mm. Like, this keyboard got 49 keys. Right. You know what I'm saying? That shit got 64 pads, bro. You could play everything on that shit. And then the way they got it laid out with the scales, like, that's just crazy, bro. Mm. Instagram Live wants to know, what's your mindset when laying out 808s? I was in band, and I had played a tuba, so it was just like, kind of try to be in key. You feel me? You could like play around, but like definitely try to be in key. Like you got root notes of this whole beat. You know what I'm saying? You should definitely start with the root note, probably. Mm-hmm. Simple stuff like that. It just sound right to me musically. You don't have to though, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. a lot of times I do it. I mean, if you put in like 808s on the R&B beat or like any other type of beat, like a trap beat, you can do whatever. Mm-hmm. But other joints, like, you know what I'm saying? It's some guidelines. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't say rules, it's guidelines. Mm-hmm. Is there a next step in Black Metaphor's career? You know, like uh, running a label or any other business ventures? Yeah, I got my own company, Black Cloud Music Group. Then I'm going to be trying to, you know, do some things with this year. Try to bring a couple artists under the wing. Couple producers, yeah. Yeah. I eventually want to get a studio, like a nice studio. Down here in the A? Yeah. This joint nice. Yeah, fuck with you. Shout out to the Blue Room, by the way. Yeah, this joint nice. Someone wants to know what are some of the obstacles you had to overcome as a producer? Um, Starting off, like, as a producer or once I made it? What do you think they mean? Um, well, let's talk about both. First, we'll talk about starting off. Starting off mm-hmm. was trying to get the shit to sound how I sent, like how I heard it in my head. Like, learning mixing, learning, like, drum selection and all that. That was, like, the most difficult part. Like, people always try to say, oh, like, how do you get people to hear your shit? Like, bro, if it's dope, people gonna be like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, people heard my beats when I was trying to figure it out, and they wasn't reacting to it. And I knew that it was because the shit wasn't right. Mm. That's real shit. So, like, if you just... Like, you could have made beats yesterday. If your shit's fire, niggas gonna be like, damn. Like, you be like, damn, bro. It's hard, you know what I mean? So, that's that's really the focus. Perfect. Everything after you do that is a lot easier. Because they only gonna have to hear a couple joints to know you're dope. Yeah, dog. They hear three joints, they automatically know that you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once you got on, what were some obstacles that you had to deal with? Once I'm on, what obstacles? 
getting people to download emails. The same obstacles as before, but it's a little bit easier. Uh, it's easier to reach out to the artists. But um, it's a lot of the same obstacles. Like certain artists I want to work with, I still got to try to figure out how I can get in contact with them. Then if you're emailing beats and you're not in the studio, then you got to figure out what you want to send. I got like 1,600 beats. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like how I'm sending five. Do you still ever send beats that you made like four or five years ago? Sometimes, but I just got so many new ones. It's like, and I, a lot of the older ones, I know we was talking about it earlier. Like you be hearing your old joints, you be like, I got, I got better new stuff. Mm. Cause like my mixes might be a tad bit better now, or you know what I'm saying? Something like that. But I should play more mm -hmm. older beats for people. This is a good question from Instagram Live. Black, if you lost all your equipment and only had $1,000 to start over, what would you buy? <laughs> a PC and able to push? A PC, not a Mac? Nah, bro. You said $1,000, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I can't get no Mac, that's it. You said a PC and able to push. That's a good question, though. Someone wants to know, how often do you collab and do you charge for collabs? I've, um, I've done some, you know what I'm saying, paid collabs through you know, Instagram. I got an email address on my Instagram, by the way, for that. But um, outside of that, I just collab whenever. People don't usually ask me to collab. The only person I've really been collabing with is Fuse, just because we be around each other all the time in the studio. Yeah, I always see you guys. And it's like, we both use the same shit. Mm -hmm. And it's like... Makes sense, right? We both fans of each other. It's like, we be cooking up. And I, um, I do beats with my homies from Tennessee. Like D. Sanders, my boy K. Tobin. Uh, other than that, it's just very, you know what I'm saying? I've done beats with a few people. I don't mind collabing. But if you make like the exact same type of beat as somebody else, you know, it ain't really no point in collabing. No, I hear you. I hear you. You gotta have, bring that different flavor to it. Uh, Instagram wants to know for a producer that lives in the middle of nowhere, how would you recommend networking and building? I would say just try to like get your social media to look professional. And then they got like online beat battles now. How do you feel about beat battles, honestly? Beat battles yeah. are different from like beat showcases. Okay. Like our standard is like a showcase. Like everybody play the same amount of music for the same amount of time and you get rated by the judges and you get feedback. Hmm. Beat battles is set up like tournament style. They cool for like shows, but the type of beats that you need to win those ain't really like placement type of beats. But I'm saying like, is is going to beat battles and winning beat battles, is that really getting you any further in the music industry? Like, what would you say? Me? I, Not I, you, I'm saying for I, anybody. I feel like it is. Especially like the I standard joint. Like I know it's a lot of people that then, you know what I'm saying, that came up off, you know, networking through I standard. Maybe, like I didn't really win that many. There's a lot of other people who don't really win them, but they capitalize off the opportunities. Cause it's great networking. And then I know they just started an online one too. It's a few other companies that got online ones. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then they got joints in various cities. And that's another thing that I like about iStandard. Like I don't, you know, I don't wanna keep preaching iStandard, but like they travel around the whole country. They do like however yeah, many cities, everywhere. bro. They be everywhere. Yeah, for real. And it, they always bring people out that's, you know, could provide opportunities if they hear something. Speaking of online, did you were you ever uh, on Rock Battle? You remember Rock Battle? Yeah, bro, I was on Rock Battle, bro. <laughs> I was on Rock Battle, bro. 
That was like one of the first beat sound platforms, like besides SoundClick. Hey, and that's stuff. back when that uh, that illmusic.com was out. You remember that blog? Nah, nah. Oh, it was a throwback. It's only called illmusic. <laughs> real Z. Was you ever on Real Rap Talk? Nah, I wasn't on Real Rap Talk. That was another forum they took down. They had they had all the cracks. That's crazy. Sort of got all the cracks. We'll go ahead and take another question from Instagram. How do you feel when rappers can't pay for a beat all the way up front and do you offer different package rates for different artists? I mean, I do sometimes, but it's like, I don't like to because, I mean, I'm trying to, you know, continue to be able to just make music. And it's just like, I mean, if you go buy, I mean, cars do, like, dealerships do shit like that, but that's because a car costs like 20000 30000 40000 mm. You get a beat. Like, you pay for your studio time. They pay for drugs. You know what I'm saying? You just pay for all type of shit. Like, if I see a rapper with some jewelry on, and he like, bro, I need, like, come on, man. I don't even got no jewelry on, bro. Wow. And you want me to cut you the deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> <I'll tell you. laughs> but then all these rappers be like, oh, that beat was in my email. Bro, it's like 15 rappers that I know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Go ahead and take another question from Graham. Was there ever a point in your early career where you felt like giving up? And if you could go back in time, what would you say to yourself? No, not really. Sometimes you get frustrated, but I understand that you got to be patient. Like, I just got to, you just got to keep working. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's producers that I know it took them 10 years just to do anything. It's producers that I know did it in like two years. It just depends. But if you keep going, if you really dedicate your time to it, like if you're making beats for a couple minutes every day or like two, three days a week, you're never going to get nowhere, ever. Like, if you play basketball, if you hoop two times a week, you're never going to be in the NBA, wow. bro. Never thought about it like that. Like, it's really, that's what it is, though. It's just like the NBA. Like, think about niggas in the NBA, how much work they put in. Mm. That's all they do every day. All day, every day. So so what's your average a day? Man, it depends on my mood. But I could sit down and do, like, three or four, like, decent ideas. I remember it was one day, man, I had that, like, 12 beats, bro. Mm. I never did that many, ever. Just try to do something every day. Mm-hmm. Like, I spend days working on the same joints, mixing shit, like, taking time to learn shit. But, yeah, I just spend time just trying to perfect it. Like, you can't rush. You can't expect everything to happen overnight either. So just, like, perfect it. What are some of your favorite VSTs someone wants to know? Nexus, Omnisphere, Contact. Uh, what are those? That's really it. Shout out my man is just profiting and parlay. They just walked in. What's going on? How many beats should a producer make a week, would you say? Seven. Try to have, try to, at least try to have seven, man. At the end of the week, you know, you have your busy days. Try to have seven. Just try. Seven is a good number. Instagram wants to know, do you get beat blocked and how do you get over? I don't know more. You know what's crazy? You can only get a block if you thinking. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just do some shit. Then you'd be all right. It might not be a good beat, but it's not a block. Just you ain't inspired. No, it's not a block. And so, what you what do you mean? Don't think like don't don't like think like oh, this be kind of like let me make a new one. Just kind of just keep working. Or... Yeah, sometimes keep working, experiment. Don't try to make yourself make a certain type of beat. Just like mess around with stuff. If you if you do feel a block, go on YouTube and try to learn something new. What what should how should a producer go about finding a manager? I don't know. It's weird, man. Like you really like can't find managers. Like, they find you. Like, people told me that, and I never understood it, ever. But, like, it's just, you, you cross paths with the people that you're supposed to, like, you know, no, you just got to start realizing that in life. 
Hmm. I can definitely relate to that. All right, we'll take one more final question from the gram here. What are some of the steps you take to get into a creative mood before making a beat? Oh, uh, I don't know. A lot of times I like to play like racing games before I make beats. Yeah. Need for Speed, Forza, which one? Forza, Gran Turismo. Mm. Right. Yeah. So that's the secret sauce. If you want to make better yeah. beats, start playing racing games. <laughs> you heard it right from Black Metaphor. All right, bro, man. Appreciate you one more time, man. Thanks for dropping by and talking a little business with us. Appreciate it. All right, any, any shout-outs before we head out? Sure, shout-out to ProducerGrind.com. Shout-out to my managers. Shout-out to Ross. Shout-out everybody. R.P. Kells. You know what I'm saying? Shout-out to everybody. That's it. Dope, dope. All right, bro, signing out. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Producer Lifestyle Podcast brought to you by ProducerGrind.com. I'm your host, CEO Dylan. We're not stopping anytime soon. We got more on the way. There's more business to talk. There's more beats to be made. So keep checking in with us. Keep checking in on the site. Go ahead and drop us a review if you're listening on iTunes. And if you're on SoundCloud, go ahead and drop a comment. Ask us anything you like. You know we always get back to you. Peace.